You know, no, I'm a professional broadcaster now. And <laughs> I'm trying to fucking finish I think finish you're racist. Shit. You like... You did, like you just, did, did, did Carl <laughs> just sigh? <laughs> I'm trying. Carl's been distressed for the past, like, 45 minutes. I'm trying. Uh, so welcome everyone. Uh, we're back with you. The, the bunker is jam packed tonight. Uh, everybody's into it. It's warm. It is very warm, unfortunately. Uh, it's getting hot in here. Oh, here we go. This is gonna derail. I can tell. <laughs> That's the fun of it. I know. You're right. Um, oh, quickly, I have to record a quick, if you don't mind, uh, correction. So. In the last episode, uh, where we talk about uh, Bernie's speech and the $15 minimum wage, I mispronounced uh, the woman in Brazil who was assassinated. And normally, I wouldn't correct a, a mispronunciation because I mispronounce names on purpose uh, as a as a, like an insult, little inside joke that I have with myself. Uh, but but because I <laughs> but because I do that. <clears throat> Because I do that, I feel bad about mispronouncing this woman's name because she's like a hero of mine. She was assassinated in the wake of the Lula imprisonment. Uh, Marielle Franco was her name. I think I said Marciele. Her name is Marielle, and she was a um, she was a, a, a queer uh, black woman from the favelas. Um, she was an activist, and she was a city councilor in Rio de Janeiro. She wasn't a member of Congress, um, but. Um, she was assassinated. They caught the two ex-police guys that assassinated her. And, of course, they have connections to one of Jared Bolsonaro's sons. But I just wanted to make that correction because if I mispronounce your name on here, um, it probably means I don't like you. Uh, and so I have to correct the people that I do uh, think are, are heroes, and she's one of them. Um, I do want to introduce tonight's, um, tonight's guests, uh, Becca Quilto, uh, from uh, the YWCA uh, who is working, and we'll get to it, because so, I'm, I'm not even sure how it all works together, on um, the Delaware Racial, Racial Justice Collaborative, DRJC. Yeah, interesting. Um, so we'll find out how it works together. And uh, the ret our returning champion, the CEO of the Youth Caucus USA, guy's everywhere. He <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> Kobe Owens, he's a returning champion. Um, so today's Juneteenth, and... Uh, a lot of people don't know what it is because a lot of you are, you're not, uh, you're not bright. <laughs> it's all so, over Facebook today. Uh, I mean. Everyone's now educated. Are now, they? And it was on CNN. Oh. Front page news. Well, let me, so maybe you got the, you got sort of the story. So I'll give you a little more of the story. Please. So maybe people know that the last state to sort of announce the emancipation of slaves was Texas. Um, the reason, a lot of the reason for that is, well, there's uh, several things. Louisiana, why? What, what, why? Why are we laughing? Shocker! It's just you know Texas. I well, yes, of course, and of course, this is and 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 this background actually explains a lot about Texas, not just Juneteenth. <clears throat> a lot of uh, large plantation owners and sl and slave owners moved from Arkansas and Louisiana and moved their slaves to Texas. Uh, right around the time the Civil War started to get away from where most of the action was. And this did a couple things. It took the slaves further away from being able to escape and join. So Texas had the least number of uh, escaped slaves fight for the Union because the owners took them as far away as they could. It also meant that uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and all that news couldn't get to the slaves that were there through the regular communication channels because Texas was still an an outpost, basically. So, um, not till after the war, uh, the 19th of June in 1865, was a procla proclamation read, I won't bore you with it, you can look it up, it's a very interesting actually, um, that the slaves were freed in Texas, which was the last, uh, the last place that that, that happened. What but, was the first date? What first date? What was the first date that that was announced? Like I want to oh, see. Oh, the Emancipation Proclamation. Actually, Lincoln held it, <laughs> held it for a while, uh, and then politically announced it on. I and I believe it took effect uh, January first, sixty three, eighteen sixty three. Yes. So well, it was point two, that two it and took, a half. Yeah, yes. two and a half years. Yes. 
the, the news took. And, and again, it was announced the 1st of January, but the war didn't end. Um, so <clears throat> it, it still took the whole war and, and it to get there. Um, what you'll also notice is that uh, this date falls after Lincoln was assassinated, which probably was uh, one of the major causes of the failure of Reconstruction, which we're still dealing with today. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the whole thing, when you think about it and you put in a little bit of context, um, it does, uh, it's actually a little chilling. So there's a, I took so many notes to start this conversation um, because it's so relevant to everything. Um, but I'll, I'll use this one, and maybe we'll get to the other ones. Yesterday, uh, our friend Joseph Robinette Biden VIII was at some sort of um, a fundraiser wherein he uh, evoked his great relationship with Senator James O. Eastland of Mississippi. <clears throat> now, interestingly, I'll tell you that uh, James O. Eastland was not only a senator from Mississippi, but he was the president pro tem of the Senate. And he was also the chairman, I mean, I might as well just say that, uh, of the Senate Judiciary Committee from 1957 to 1978. <clears throat> so keep those two things in your mind. And now go to the internet when you hear this and Google James O. Eastland, Mississippi. <clears throat> Read about him. He's a segregationist, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he was a, but uh, this guy was the, the, the one of the worst of the worst. But again, I, I, I'm not going to get into it because we're, we're going to talk about hope here and, and moving forward. But my, my charge is to just. Um, you know, the, the man who affectionately called our junior senator from Delaware son, uh, read up about him and that, like, that guy that we have. Just, you know, find out. Give, take, give yourself 20 minutes after you listen to this podcast. Just do a little research on uh, Senator James O. Eastland from Mississippi. Um, so the first thing, Becca, is can you explain to me the 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 committee that's been formed? And I know that there's people from different sort of um, organizations, um, ACLU, et cetera. What is the committee? What's the structure of the organizationally? And then we'll start talking about what, what you're doing. Okay, so are we talking about what I do at YW? You're talking about D Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative. Both. So you're so you have wider work at. Uh, YW, and then you're on this committee, but you do basically that's just part of your time. How's what's this? What's the structure of it? What do you do uh, for the Y? And then sure. Elsewhere? Well, the the whole way that I found out about the Y was the Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative. Um, probably two years ago, had their kickoff, and they invited everybody that had any interest in racial relations. And as part of Delaware United, then. I guess my name popped up. I got invited, and um, like Eugene Young was there, um, Cynthia Primo Martin. I mean, just a bunch of people that are really activists in the community. And um, I didn't know about the why. I'm being very honest. I didn't even know what they did. And so I met Matt Pilsner, which was my predecessor. He was the director of racial and social justice for YW. And we went to coffee, and I guess my passion kind of triggered him to say, Do you want to be on the steering committee of the Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative? So I became a member of the collaborative, which is made up of, there's United Way, you're right, ACLU is in there, Coalition Dismantled the New Jim Crow, the trustees, the women trustees of color. Um, there was someone from human, um, I want to say it's human relations, but it's not. We're not going to put you on the spot. Okay, there. that's great. That's okay. okay, so but yeah. Everybody can use the internet. They know what to do. That's correct. That's this will all be linked in the show notes. Right. Because and Carl's a... Amazing. Yes, he knows what to do. Um, but that's actually, right now, that's kind of pause. We're regrouping and trying to figure out. Originally, the idea was to be collaborative, to be a resource for all groups fighting injustice issues. But honestly, with the Internet today, resource, that kind of resource isn't really needed. You can Google anything. So we're moving towards um, 
well, like we hosted an attorney general forum and we had over 240 people in attendance, the Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative did, which was really impressive. It was the most attended. Um, and, you know, personally, I say most well done because we had chairs and lapel mics and we were fancy. Wow. Look at you. Look. You're walking around like it was like a TED talk. Did you give a TED talk? <laughs> I didn't give a TED talk. I listened to the attorney generals talk about their issues. But anyway, so that's how I found out about the why. And then when the job came up, two of the people on the Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative actually reached out to the Y and were like, what about Becca for this job? And they were both thought I was super passionate about racial justice and that I had a lot of energy and already knew a lot of the people. And so I'd be good. So I went in and interviewed and I'm sure that I was not the most qualified on paper, but I think my passion overruled any qualification that I had. Uh, well, or didn't uh, have. Once these, once these mics go off, we're going to be having a conversation about that too because I'm looking to I'm looking to have a midlife career change. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I'll so, take volunteers. <laughs> well, well it's, a long, it's a very long story. Um, but no, that's cool. Like because I think a lot of people don't really get what some of these groups are doing, um, and and so it's important to sort of give them a give them sort of an, a basis for some of the work that's being done. Now, are you so? So you have a, you know, work you're doing with the YWCA, and then this is sort of how much time are you spending? Is it equal time or is it just a no? Committee on the no, side? it's a, it's very uh, small small part. Okay. Um, I mean, I go to the steering committee meetings. I've gone to our retreat because, like I said, we're trying to refocus now. So predominantly, my my job is is with the YW, yeah. and um, my boss is really great. She's given me a lot of leeway, and so right now we're kind of. Really grasping, not grasping. We're we're really trying to educate people about white privilege, um, which has gotten us some hate, which is yeah. Always fun. So so you're organizing. It, it, did this all come from organizing this event that you guys were doing, or has this been building from other work that you're doing? Sort of in actually, the community? we started with just conversations around racism, um, called dialogue to actions. And what I found after people went through that, and, th and that's a mixed group. Um, after people went through that, a lot of the white people learned the term white privilege, and they came to me and they were like, we want to learn more about this white privilege. <clears throat> and so I was like, well, yeah, like, let's do it. And there's this this hunger um, to learn about white privilege and own it and white people actually wanting to take responsibility and see how they can actually affect change in their communities. And it's super exciting because I've never seen white people, so many white people, so passionate about changing things. And hey, if that's what good came in 2016, then you know it's a movement. I've talked about it myself. Like, uh, you know, I was, you know, politically active enough where you know I was a big supporter of Eugene and, and things like that. But not until those results did I think that you know that wasn't to me that wasn't sufficient. I had more of a responsibility, like sort of like you're, what you're talking right. about. Um, so it's I had sort of the same epiphany like that. So I'm glad I'm glad to to hear it. So is, is so you had these were these sort of like focus groups of how many people and you did one on one interviews with them, or you had like seminars with them just to get like focus group feedback. Um, no, what we did was um, I, I like I kept getting all this feedback about wanting to know more, so I put together a panel um, of uh, so psychologists, um, professors at University of Delaware, uh, reverends at at uh, Sam, which is the Episcopal Church of St Andrews and Matthews. And, um, big, uh, big comrades there. Yeah, and and so we, I didn't know how popular it was going to be, but we filled up. It was sixty people there, and they just kind of talked in the front about different terminology, their personal experiences with white privilege or not having white privilege, because it was a mixed panel. And <clears throat> after that, I didn't leave room for anyone to talk, which I thought was a huge mistake, but I didn't realize it. It's hindsight. And so over the summer, we're having five dialogues they're individual like you don't need to go to more than one um and i maxed them out at 15 just so you could have small conversations and i only have one with one spot left so and people are like emailing me like oh can i squeeze in and i'm like no but you can join in the fall we're going to actually read white fragility as and i'm not calling it a book club because we don't do that but a dialogue um, around we got to rebrand. <laughs> yeah, rebrand. We got to rebrand. There's an idea of reading a book and then talking about it amongst your friends. Yes, as, whatever, whatever you call it. Yeah, and <laughs> and but it's a movement too. You know, it's people yes. really engaging and learning and figuring out what they can do about this. Because I like to say it's not just enough to not be a racist, right? 
and as a white person, we have to be anti-racist. We have to be very intentional. And we're going to mess up. And that's the thing is, as white people, I'm always open to someone correcting me because I'm going to mess up and I'm going to continue to mess up. But I'm hoping to move in the right direction and I'm hoping to bring some people along with me. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm I'm so... Well, I mean, the people, at least the people in this room sort of know where I'm coming from anyway. And I, you know, I feel the same way. Um, you brought up earlier and so let's bring it up now and so did you did, did ask talking to kobe kobe did you see any of the the hearing the house hearing today um so i did not get to see it yet um i i do have the link and that's gonna be my midnight um show tonight um yeah, but i've um been getting alerts all day about how powerful it was um so i'm i'm really interested to see what actually went down yeah so the the house um was it the judiciary committee no, no, it was the house. Don't look at me because you yeah, know this. Anyway, Kobe. so a, a house committee uh, had a, had a hearing today. We're going to look it up um, on House Bill 40. I think it is. And it's been brought up. Uh, John Conyers originally basically wrote a bill that said, let's let's explore the idea of reparations. Like, what would that look like? Like what? How could we sort of. Uh, execute on something to recognize the responsibility of just not just slavery. I think reparations for slavery, I guess, is like a weird way to put it because I don't look at it like that. Uh, but how do we recognize and do some kind of reckoning and, and then reconcile with what we did? Uh, I think of it, I mentioned it, I've mentioned it a bunch of times in here. I think as, you know, as, as fucked up as South Africa still is, um, they they do have a lot going on there that's important in the region. Ding ding ding. What's that? You no, you hit the nail on the head. Is that they dealt with? I mean, yeah, I mean, Mandela had a truth and reconciliation council, so people had to come in and reconcile with what they did. Now, again, I understand that some of these people were, however you want to look at, personally responsible, and nobody now nobody now thinks that they're personally responsible. But as Coates said today, because I did see it, mm -hmm. um, you know, you still have debts and, and credits. Like, nobody says we shouldn't follow a treaty because everybody who signed is dead. Correct. You know, nobody says you inherit money that you didn't earn. Nobody says that which, the money you inherited isn't yours because the people who earned it are dead. So if it works on that side of the ledger, then certainly it works on the other side of the ledger. And yes, it's very complicated. And, and nobody knows how they're going to do it. But the first part is everybody has to recognize it and reckon with it and then come to some kind of conclusion. And I always just think about Mandela because one of the reasons that at least it's a at least it's a semi-functioning democracy in that region is incredible. And, you know, Mandela has a lot, to, almost everything, everything to do, do about it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we, we, we seem very... Uh, I mean, we're 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 not doing. We we won't do that. We will not reckon with it. And and you know, Germany did the did the exact same thing right after World War II. They they made that reconciliation. They invested in all of the, the educational things about what happened during the Holocaust, right? And we as a country have not come to terms with, um, you know, our part in it and our part our part even today in it. You know, like all of us, all of us still benefit. Um, you know, it'd be great if you can work in Tanishi's. I don't know if you can. His, he, I mean, he just had like a one minute and something kind of zap at McConnell, talking about everything that McConnell was actually alive for that happened. Yeah, that again, I I use that too sometimes. That's sort of that same framing device. I don't know who I was talking to. Oh, I know who it was. I don't know if it made the show, but I was talking to Matt Biddle, and uh, he's he's from um, he was from Maryland, and I, and we were talking about these sort of these issues. And I said, you know, there was there was lynchings in 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 Maryland after after World War One. You know, like people th there there is quite possibly children that are walking around and saw that. I mean, there was lynchings in, in uh, there was one in Wilmington after the turn of the century. Yeah, I was just going to say there's actually yeah, a celebration. The, yeah, no, there's no. been lynchings in Delaware um, in the last five years. There's been lynchings. Right, yeah. Okay. across america that's still happening and it's still race-based um and yeah it was the house judiciary committee it was the subcommittee on um civil rights and civil liberties okay thanks. um steve Cur cohen is the subcommittee chair 
I'm from Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree with what Becca was saying that this nation, it seems as though in other countries, they recognize where they made mistakes and they move towards fixing it and healing the process where in America, we never want to forget the bad. Um, We never want to accept that we were that screw up at that one point. And I, I do say we. Um, because we are all in this nation together. It was the slaves and the immigrants who came together to help build this country up. It, we would not have survived without the Native Americans. And there is just such a deeply rooted... Um, it, it's Racism is sewn into the fabric of America. Well, it's, it's um, a white, we live in a white supremacist yeah. society. And yeah. people, when you say that word, people freak out and think I'm calling everyone a white supremacist. But... Um, if you just take the basic word, who is supreme in our society? What's yeah. the norm? The structures, the, the structures that have been built up over time, are the same ones that kidnapped people and brought them here. It's the same ones that lynched them. It's the same ones that send the cops out like they're uh, an, an army at war. It's the same one who didn't let black people get FHA endorsed loans or didn't let them uh, get the get the GI Bill. Or whatever people again. That's why I I wish and, and that was and not look, long Coates ago. Is a, Coates, right? Coates is a wonderful re- reference for all this. Obviously, he wrote the sem- well, not the seminal one, but I guess the thing that really brought it back to the fore when he wrote the essay in the Atlantic. Um, but again, I, I I'm almost thinking it shouldn't be reparations for slavery. It should be reparations for everything we've done up till like probably right now. Well, we still do. We're still doing yeah. it. Right. Redlining I mean, again, is still very, very, course, very much in existence. I have a list here. One of the things that I didn't bring up in the intro, because I have so many different topics, is just a list of just the recent cop incidents. The one in Phoenix, where they pull a gun on a woman. Just oh, that was scary. For stealing $10 worth of shit. I mean, if you steal $1,000 worth of shit. is that stuff, Phoenix? Is, you was don't that need the to kid? Pull gu- that, yeah, that was the yeah, kid. So that's yeah. fucked up. They killed a guy in uh, Memphis two two weeks ago, something like that. They had a, hu- they had a huge... Uh, uprising there, but you don't see it in the fucking paper. Exactly. Nobody... Can I can I just speak to that real quick? Yeah. Um, you you haven't heard anything about it, and it happened just last week. Um, this man he was detained. He was handcuffed. His hands were behind his back, um, and the officers gunned him down uh, with no remorse. And the FOP. And the local police department stand by those actions. And this is why so many people are so upset with the police department. This is why so many people say Black Lives Matter. And here's the thing. I hate I hate the counter, oh, all lives matter or blue lives matter. Blue lives matter is nothing but a uniform. You choose to put that on every single day. But not I am only that. born black and I cannot change that. That's true. But well, and again, this want... goes just, just, no, that's fine. I'm, I just want to make a point because... Again, I I don't even I can't even remember just the way we frame things. But you said there's lynchings going on today. There was just one in Memphis. But for some reason, I have it down on my paper as a, a recent cop incident. But it's a the guy was lynched. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's some kind of extrajudicial murder that we just and again. There, I've seen little bits and pieces because I follow this kind of news. I know a lot of cops were hurt in the in the. And the thing afterwards, and I just got to say, well, I, I don't really care, but but there hasn't been much Im- information about it at all. The Phoenix thing's been all over the yeah. internet, because yeah. I guess yeah. they had the video of that. Right, and that, and I think that we contributed, it's easy to say a four-year-old walked out with a Barbie doll, because I think whether you're white or black or Latino or anything, like, kids just... I walked out with crap. My mom made me bring it back, and she yeah, told the manager. I think the Memphis guy was like, "Oh, he had a felony warrant." So, oh my gosh! You know, yes. so they, well, yeah, that, like that. that's that the thing. I, and over the last few years, I've met a lot of the mothers of people who've been uh, affected by gun violence and police brutality. Um, just recently, um, for the women's march, I got the honor of marching next to Trayvon Martin's mother. Serena I was right. Fong. I was between you and Trayvon Martin's mother. Do you remember? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she was there. Um, <laughs> So really, he was next to Trayvon. Well, I mean, we, we were all we were locked on. Yeah, we were locked on. I got you. You know what's funny? Here's a, here's some inside baseball from the podcast. Uh, I was standing like sort of next to we were on this thing. Uh, Nina Turner. So I, I took a photo of <gasps> Nina Turner speaking to uh, speaking to Trayvon Martin's mom, whose name I forget. I'm sorry. I don't Sabrina Fault. She's Fal- running for office, right? She is. She's she is. running for um, Miami Dade. 
Superior um, County or, Council, right? Or City Council? It's, city Council, It's right? counter to... It, it's similar to our County Council. It's uh, like Superior Court Judge or something. Okay. Not Judge. Well, anyway, just, 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 it is important. But I took a photo of, of Nina Turner speaking with her. And I sent it to Margaret and Carl. And I'm like, should I ask Nina to come on the podcast? <laughs> yes. You know, we could probably get that to happen when they come to this area. Um. Well, I, I maybe this, this say, is maybe the only progressive podcast. Way to show me up, Kobe. That's in this area. Like, I'll just bring Nina Turner here. Uh, oh, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. Well, there's a couple. There's, I will be here. Though. There's a, there's a few other there's a few other folks that I'm thinking of too because I've talked to Carrie a little bit and Carl and I are, are um, getting ready to sort of set this place up to take Skype calls too. Um, because yeah, I I, I know I'm in mean, solidarity with everybody. Yeah, I mean obviously that would be a great get. You know, people from Justice Democrats who are in, who I know, who would be cool. People who are uh, from the Working Families Party who are in. They were in. The, they lived in the bunker for a while. Um, I just was at their national committee meeting last I week. I love them. They are an amazing group the of people. The Working Families Party? Yeah, yeah, and they are completely vested in bringing their resources to Delaware and really yeah. throwing down with us here. Yeah, so, so yeah, that all, all of that is, uh, is, is possible. But yeah, so I, I you you were anyway you were speaking about Trayvon Martin's violence. Yeah, no, and, and talking about what she's been through, I, I've had the chance to talk to Sandra Bland's mom. Um, I knew Erica Gardner, um, and hearing their stories and hearing what um, the media says about these people, they try to criminalize being black, um, and these are everyday people who, literally. I can make the same mistake. I wear a hoodie all the time. I get skittles. Um, you know, I've you know I've had some extra things that I sold to a friend. Does that mean I deserve to die? No. Um, and seeing this over and over and over again, and it's it seems to be every little thing. You can't drive by black. You can't put your hands up. You can't barbecue. You, you can't barbecue. You can't sleep you in your dorm room. Literally cannot I mean, do anything. List. There was a guy who was actually working at his job. Um, picking up trash. Um, he lived in the building and the officer came up and harassed him for about 15 minutes. Um, and the guy said, I live here. My ID's inside. Why do I have to prove anything? What, why are you stopping me? Um, and the officer came up with every excuse in the book. There was just another video on Facebook that someone sent me of an officer didn't know he was being filmed. He was saying to a guy, Get out the car. I see a gun. I see a gun. I will shoot you. Well, come to find out in the video, the guy kept saying, I'm not moving. My hands are out the window right now. Do not shoot. And the officer, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to kill you because I see a gun. And there was no gun in the car. And when the officer figured out he was being filmed, he backed away, got in his car and left. That is what black people have to deal with multiple times when they're dealing with the police and here's the thing i'm not saying i don't like all police i like 99 percent of them but when you don't address the ones who are the bad apples that's when it becomes dangerous for everyone who they're supposed to protect but then also you build that distrust with the police which leads to low low community relations with the police officers in communities and black and brown communities across the nation I love everything you said. I just want to make a quick uh, editor's note. The bunker, as a uh, as a co-op, disagrees with the percentages that Kobe gave of the one <laughs> and the ninety-nine. Our percentages are uh, are. We'll just say this to be. They're they're. Well, let's talk <laughs> about what the other. Let's talk around. about what bad apples do. Let's talk about what bad apples do. They yeah. The whole fucking yeah, you have one bad right? apple yeah, in a bag, and what happens is they don't all get healthy. Right. right, that apple doesn't get healthy. They all seep. And I'm again, the the whole thing about Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Blue lives have always mattered. If a cop dies, and I'm not saying this shouldn't happen, I'm just saying we should care about Black Lives because it doesn't matter. When a cop dies, there is a a I don't want to say parade, but there's like you know tons of people come. There's like a celebration of their life and their sacrifice and all these wonderful things they did. And I'm not saying they did or didn't. Everyone's an individual. But there's no reason why you need to say blue lives matter because blue lives already matter beyond belief. White lives matter in this country. The reason people say black lives matter is because as a country, they don't. Black people are disposable. It's how 
it's how our system works. Mm-hmm. It's that's the just... perfect. That's the perfect thing. And if see, that's what people don't get, right? It's not. It's about the the system respects and uh, I mean worships some people and disrespects and dehumanizes other people. Correct. So the reason we say Black Lives Matter, cops and white people. Is because this the culture has worshipped you since you've known about the culture. So shut your fucking mouth about Blue Lives Matter. Okay, now I, I had to get that off my chest. Okay, you can say that. I'm going to tell a story real quick because um, you don't, you, you, my friend, don't follow Facebook, so you did not hear the story. So two Wednesdays ago, actually. So this is this, and and I'm going to tell the story, and it may, may make me cry, but know that I am very much aware that I'm a white person in this story. Okay, so. I left lunch, and there's all these police cars circling all over. I left the Market Street, and there's all these police cars everywhere, and I can just hear them, and I pull up to the light at 2nd and Walnut, okay? And so as I pull up, three huge of the the big SUV cop cars come right down the middle. So I'm on the left side in the front at the light, somebody on the other side, and there's cop cars in the middle. All of a sudden, this truck comes bouncing by. I can hear the cops go, he's still moving. Right. And so then the cop truck in front of me cuts me off. All right. I can still have a perfect view of the vehicle that is now stopped because it had no tire. All right. So literally 10 feet from me is this view. The cop gets out of his car at the corner between my car and his car. He's holding a weapon and there's about 10 other cops around with weapons. And there's probably about 20 cops there and like 15 cop cars. So all they're they're screaming, get out of the car, hands up. You know the typical get out of the car. Yeah, I mean up. they got it. They have to make the whatever they can do to make the situation more nerve wracking, intense, and if they can bully the people and confuse them more, it's in their right. interest. Now, then they can just do whatever. Right. They want. And now, now, granted, I have no idea what has occurred. This is this is only my viewpoint. I'm looking. This young man, and to me, I'm forty something. This young man opens his car door, and they're still screaming, "Get out of the car, hands up!" And his face. I'm just telling you, I'll, I could look in that man's eyes. And all I could see was pure fear, right? He was petrified, okay, scared for his life. He comes out, hands up, four cops jump on him, face on the ground, handcuffed. What they, it's what they do. What freaked me out even more was there was a young lady in the car, okay? And she was backed up against the side of the truck, and she kept saying over and over again, the door doesn't open from the inside. The door doesn't open from the inside. The do- I can't get out. I can't get out. And her... The fear in that girl, after reading the article, she was 17 years old, right? So younger than my kids even. I I literally, okay, so they get her out. It's one of those cheap trucks that you can't open the door from the inside. The cops get her out the other side. They take her away. Quickly, they move the whole scene around. They move me along. And I just pulled over and called my husband hysterical, like hyperventilating, because I, first of all, I don't do guns, right? I, I don't go around them, you know, whatever. I can respect people's Second Amendment rights. So me being that close to a cop's gun, let alone 10 of them, freaked me out. This, the fact that they were so afraid for their lives destroyed me because I thought to myself, okay, so th- they stole the car. The car was stolen. They said there was a gun. There was, I saw no gun. There was no gun pulled out. I don't know where the gun was. I'm not saying there was or wasn't. I'm saying that young man did not have a gun, but in the story that followed in the paper, he supposedly did. She was 17, released to her parents. But I think to myself, do, do you think that that young girl is not completely traumatized for the rest of her life? Because she dated an idiot who stole a car. I'm not saying he's an idiot, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, I mean, in the grand gotta, scheme of life. The, again, I look at it in a broader picture, too, and, and uh, Kobe probably has it. I, I don't know. He probably looks at it in every picture. He has to. But, like, um, yeah, the broader picture is all of this, like, you ha- he has a gun, uh, he, make, he made furtive moves, um, I feared for my life. I mean, these, this is all bullshit. Uh, I mean, that, uh, what was his name? Philando Castro. Castro. Guy, Baton Rouge, right? Yeah, I mean, he had or a... Or is Castile? Ca- for, 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 no, no, the guy, the guy in Baton Rouge that they pinned to the ground and executed on the ground. Was he was Castillo? outside of a, like a bad Wasn't it Castillo? Roof. It doesn't matter. That was not a car. No, I mean, Orlando was in his car with his okay. girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting that they all run together. Yeah. It's it's sad. It's it's heartbreaking. It's sad that you can't stand but, them yeah, out. So this guy, yeah. So Philando Castro had a gun in the car. This guy had a gun in his waistband. And, but they but two guys are on top of him. They see the gun, so they just shoot him. Like, it's all it's all bullshit. Even if, even if there's a gun there... 
de-escalate the situation and kind of assess. Cops aren't trained to de-escalate anything. Well, again, this is because we have paramilitary police. Right. I mean, but ideally, I always say that when I'm watching TV, it's always like they shoot their hand or they shoot their leg or, you know, because, but that's not the reality. Reality is cops are not trained to de-escalate. They're trained to survive at all costs. Well, no, they're trained to control the situation. Okay. That is that is what they are instilled with since day one. Okay. But here is the thing. They are they are trained that in any situation they must they must assert themselves as the dominant force, right? But they also are trained how to react. But I and I put that in quotes because you never know how other people are gonna take things. They have no 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 training known to man can say a person who you pull over is going to act calm. They're going to be nervous. They're going to be worried about what's am, going on, no matter who you are. Man. And the police need to understand that, especially with everything that's going on. There was a, a this was about two years ago. There was five African-Americans killed by police in a span of two weeks. Um, and I was down in Virginia and I was driving a friend's car. My friend was in the... We had switched. We had drove almost five hours that day. Um, we had switched. I was driving a car. He's Asian. I'm, I'm black. No oh, shit. We get pulled... <laughs> this, this is a podcast, though, people. Many people don't know. Kobe, uh, in case... This might, this might Shocker, come as some shock. I'm black. This might come as shocking news. If y'all don't already know who Kobe Owens Co- is. Kobe. Hey, He's are black. You, are you saying that just people who know Kobe are listening to this? I feel insulted by this. Carl's extremely insulted. You can't tell from his face because he doesn't show emotion. <laughs> That's why we love Carl. That well, is. Everybody loves Carl. He's the best. But, but yes, I, I hate to break the news yeah. to display. I have some I have some exciting news. <laughs> Kobe is is a black man. Um but he but, speaks so well. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Take it easy, Joe Biden. And wait, um, wait, oh, he went to Sally's. Can, can so, we talk about that? He did go to Biden. He did can, go to Biden. He, he did go, went to, we, go to Biden. We, we oh, will talk about the Biden thing. Can we? Yes. Uh, Becca? You guys can talk away. I'll okay. just listen. Go, I don't um, care. I just... But no, I I was pulled over in his car. Um, in Joe Biden's car? No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Oh, we're back to the story. Back in Virginia. Um, And I was scared for my life. Um... It was something that I had just been so worried about, um, and then seeing what what had happened earlier, and knowing that um, both you know both regular people, but also police officers were on high tensions. Um, it, it's it's just a scary experience. But yes, I do want to talk about the Biden thing, um, and regardless of whether you support him or not. Um, I think it comes a time where you have to realize that you have to hold that person accountable. Um, I'll say this. If Kamala Harris or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren said what Biden would say, I would call them out in a heartbeat. And everyone knows I support those three the most in this race. Um, The fact that the Biden supporters have been so quiet on this speaks volume of what he is able to do. And... The fact that he is so apologetic. Um, you mean unapologetic? Unapologetic, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, he doesn't apologize. We've covered this. About what he's doing um, is insane. And honestly, these first few weeks of his campaign has been him coming out, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I support the Hyde Amendment. And then having to retract it a few days later. Him coming out yesterday and saying what he said. And then having to retract it today. No, you don't get to talk about, oh, why Juneteenth is so important. And why, you know, all this African-American stuff and we should uh, fight for equality. No, you don't get to do that after what you just said. Take a seat. Learn before you speak next time. I completely agree. The scariest thing to me is... And I, 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 I'm loath to drive you to um, Delaware Online and give clicks to something I've written that I wasn't paid for. But I Are did, you being paid for this? I, I, a small amount. Wait, Carl, Carl and I took a, 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 a field trip. That's, that's how much we had made. Uh, anyhow, yeah, become a patron. This is a great time for a plug. Oh, I'm already a patron of someone. How many more patrons could I be a patron of? Who? One more. Who? Dustin, Who? Yeah. he's my lobbyist. Oh, I mean, is, 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 
friend. <laughs> He's not my lobbyist at all. I'm just teasing. He is, is a lobbyist. Assault. It's all a big joke. But yeah. Are is. you telling me that you like? Is is this podcast better than mine? He doesn't have a podcast. So, so what are you? What are he you spends for? days down Legislative Hall fighting for progressive issues. Can I? And, can and I you're just a patron say, of him, so you pay him to lobby. This, I think, we cracked a big story here, yeah, folks. There's, uh, so, um, I'm just you have banker and lobbyist friends. Believe me, this is all kind of banker and lobbyist friends. I don't know I'm how progressive. To a banker. Oh, oh, that just used to worse. Be, I used to be a banker. <laughs> Look, aren't you a banker now? Wait. Oh, I'm, you haven't heard the story because you've been off. Oh, there's a story. You're not. Yeah. A banker? What's the story? Are you unemployed? You can become a lobbyist and go down to legislative hall. Just this like just Justin. took a real sharp turn. It really did. Well, it see, really Carl did. knows this story, and I forgot. I sort of alluded to it about sort of not uh, having the. Um, my mid my mid uh, life career change, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I think J P Morgan Chase was on to me, and so all of my lack of effort in stealing money for however long it was, uh, they put me on a layoff list. So I've been laid off. Wait, are so you I, on the forty five day list or what? I'm what gone. You... Like, well, I'm on the forty five day list, but, right? But, but I, nobody's hiring you because well, my husband was like got hired, and six months in, they put on the forty five day list. Well, oh, you know, but some of this is going to, have to get cut out. But I'll tell you exactly what I did. But so, I couldn't afford to work for a nonprofit if my husband didn't work for J.P. Morgan. But I guess well, the progressive donations honest, will stop. Now to be perfectly new. honest, the reason I'm looking to move into nonprofits is not only to do good work, but because I can take a, I can do that because of Nurse Susan, my 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 patron, my real patron is Nurse Susan. Everybody. Yeah, knows but that. you know what you can't do? You can't be as political as you are to work for a nonprofit, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Unless I mean, you work for a five hundred one c four, you know what? Fuck it, I'll work for myself. Become a look. Here, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. That's what I did. The best thing for everyone is just to become a patron of the Highlands Bunker on Patreon.com. I think that you and Dustin should. Start this whole a business Dustin together. thing. I don't like this Dustin thing. I like <laughs> Dustin. I know Dustin. We've met. He's a, a beautiful man. Uh, he has facial hair, if I remember, which I like. He shaved it. He shaved it for you, a minute. It's gone. It's gone. He looked. He about shaved 15. it for a nonprofit for a good reason. Right. He shaved part of it as to be Wolverine. For, okay. For, well, okay. here we go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I do. Right. For a, to, to bring solidarity, I'm going to use my special skills. I'm gonna as keep, you should. I'm going to keep my facial hair. I'm not going to get a haircut, and I'm going to bring everyone together. Oh, and I'm not going to be able to. You're going to bring everyone together. All, we're all doing it. Everybody's doing it equally. <clears throat> but I'm doing it in my special way. Because I'm volunteering for Joe Biden's so, campaign. You still want to bring me together? I'll tell you what. We will throw you out this window. Everyone is welcome in the Democratic Party. Right. No matter your ideology. This is the, you know what? I would rather my I would rather my th- I, I would <laughs> I would rather my story about JP Morgan Please. stay in and embarrass me than this fucking Biden bullshit. Okay. Uh, but I, I It's sarcasm. Let's move yes. on. I want to hear can I hear your story or should we hear Cut it after the satire? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Satire, satire. Um yeah, so they laid me off. So I took them but what I did was that 45 days like I was supposed to like transfer my Transfer my uh, my work and come in, but I I uh, so I I talked to a lawyer and she told me yeah you're kind of stuck but if you use these sort of these words they'll think you're 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 serious and then so I haven't gone in for like a month I don't even go to the office fuck those people are you employed uh technically I, do you get a paycheck I don't know what technically means but... yeah I just got I I, I still got I get my, my last paycheck comes oh, at the end of the, June did you get a package or something yeah 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 my last paycheck comes at the end of June and then I get paid out a lump sum for another two and a half months okay but I haven't been in the office for fucking two uh, 45 days yeah fuck those people well I mean to be honest I haven't I, think about I haven't given them an on, I haven't given them I didn't give them an honest anything. day's work in about <laughs> 23 years. Wow. I've never talked about it. The only reason I'm talking, I've never ever even said that name until you have they not. laid me off. Actually, you have not because I asked you what bank you work for. I said a big one, right? And I said, oh, it must be Bank of America because I said my husband works for J.P. Morgan and you made no acknowledgement that that yeah, could be the same. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever talked about it. You did If people didn't know me, like, I mean, I know all you guys, but like, I used to make up different jobs. Like, before when you I did. drove. The first time, I don't remember Did I tell you a limousine driver? I uh, it was not. You told a me that. Limousine driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was not used, a banker. But for see, sure. my limousine driver thing worked for a long time, but then everybody would be like, man, you're always stoned and you can't see. 
And I'm like, yeah, I gotta come up. I can't. I can't use it. So I stopped using limousine drivers. So I started using different different things. All right. So that was my. That's my aside. It can stay in or stay out. But anyway, it's your. So I see. Yeah. So I've been. I've been sacked. Officially X. I've been sacked. Wow. And so yeah, I've talked to some some nonprofit folks, and you know, just you know, I, I'm I'm looking to uh, apply my skills for good. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is. I mean. Carl and I have talked about expanding this a little bit and seeing where it goes. So did I have, you, you know, did you did you personally have? And I'm going to say this from my personal experience. I worked for MBNA for several years. So did you have like moral dilemmas working for? Um, and I know this is not really our topic, but um, moral dilemmas working for a bank. And I only say that because um, I had them, and yeah. I would yes. old ladies would call and they'd say I can't afford to pay my late fee, and the system would tell me no, and I because you just push in a button, and then I would always override it because as a human being I'm just picturing my grandmother not being able to buy groceries because she has to pay a twenty five dollar late fee. I mean, yeah, mine was similar to that, but I did different kind of work. Oh, of course, yeah, but it's, but it's the, the same. same yes, capitalist exact, system. Yeah, I mean, when you, um, I mean, the, the big talk is like the algorithm. The YouTube algorithm does this. There was a big story in the New York Times about the YouTube algorithm, the Google algorithm, this algorithm, that algorithm. I saw the algorithms behind who they market, uh, who gets approved, who gets the fanciest, uh, you know credit line who gets the fanciest card um who gets collected on who gets what fee um so i know how that all works and i'll tell you it's unpleasant yeah the reality again, of this capitalism is, why, is this absolutely and this is why i had a moral dilemma every day it's why i only gave them you know i i, I don't know if i ever gave them a good day's work yeah. because i just didn't care with the, about what they were doing right like i wasn't looking to sab i didn't get to like i was going to do any sabotage because it was just wasn't worth it but i mean i'm not gonna be Weak. productive yeah i mean you are right no i agree you're right i will tell you this there were days when i would get off the bus right in front of the old ywca building that just got knocked down i'd get off the bus I'd walk to the, the, and pollen now, but, yeah. i mean look our 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 views on that have been Oh, good. Okay. Crystal clear. That's cool. Kobe actually has given his views publicly as well on Virginia yes. Pollen Group. We, this is clear. But, yeah, I would walk in and I would think, I would re reenact the, they, ma they made the Chuck Palahniuk uh, book Fight Club into a movie. And at the end of the film, the, they push that, they have to destroy a piece of corporate art. And they push like a ball that was in the middle of a fountain into a glass front of like an office building. And I thought how cool it would be if I could do that to the front of Chase, the fucking Chase building. Now, again, this is like ideations. Of course. I'm not going to execute on these yes, ideations. It's Sat kind of like... Satire, satire. Hey, everybody. Carl, the producer here. Hope that you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, so, unfortunately, we've now hit a point where... I'm not entirely sure what happened, but the conversation kind of went off the rails as it tends to happen and the next hour and 15 minutes or so was a combination of things that were off the record uh things that were not really related to racism in any way shape or form or things that were uh basically entirely incomprehensible so i don't want to have a a sharp cut off here so i'm gonna play you a little medley of everything that happened and uh, we'll be finishing up in just a few minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my grandmother was funny. She would tell stories. She'd be like, you know, my grandmother would take everybody in from the neighborhood, you know, because they, you know, the Italians were looked down on too, so she'd take her. Then we took these guys in for like six months from New York. We never knew their names, though. We weren't allowed to talk <laughs> to them. And I'm like, Grandma, and there's, I'm like, Grandma, and there's, those guys are, those guys are in the mafia. <laughs> she was like, no, no. I'm like, yeah, probably yeah she's like i did hear my 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 great grandmother uh -huh. she's like i did hear my great grandmother one time saying i don't want guns in the house but i never knew what it meant i'm like it meant she didn't want guns I'm in like, the house i'm yeah. like grandma <laughs> are you looking at dan rapper on the, on the thing so grandma. his family is no, the one who not, started the blue enigma party uh, like, the blue enigma party oh came from gosh. the rapper family What's oh my gosh, like? that's crazy. Let me see what he so looks this like. is Dan Rappa. And I'm you not saying... You got fucking kidding No, no. And this, this guy? Is, people want to fuck Mike. this guy? No, I don't want to... 
Ew, gross. Everything about him is gross. I'm talking about people's perception. People want this this Buttigieg looking guy, right? Okay. Like, and well, let me let me just say this. Let me speak directly to please speak directly to 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 most Lapa, most Lapa, Joe Joe Rappa. Dan Rappa. Dan Rappa. It hasn't been that long. Kyle Frappa. Okay. So it's only, it was only. Let me speak directly. Let me speak directly. Okay. Oh, that's that guy. To Dave Frappa. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to speak. This is right to Dave. What happened to the thing? It's right there. You you were on here with Josh? I was. Our resident Wilmington expert. Josh or Kobe? Both of them are experts. Josh has so much, and I don't even know if it's step, useless. Step it's step only step useless step. until you need it. Oh, this part goes in. Step, <laughs> this step part goes in. Steph was so, like, I, like it was funny when she said it, because she was like, I don't want to digress, but you had him on, and I wanted to be on. It was bullshit. Uh, all the <laughs> so it was funny. So it's so it's funny, right? <clears throat> so she, yeah, I said, so well, Josh. So I was like, well, we can digress. And then we can come up. And then, so we didn't talk about it for a couple minutes, and then it came back up again. She's like, you know, I can't, fucking can't believe you had Josh on that. <laughs> she, was, she was really mad about it. <laughs> oh, that was so oh, good. She was doing this when Josh was in diapers, you know? Oh, man. Well, okay. yeah, but... Like, here, but so... Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not a good thing. The, uh, the... Hamas. Wow. Hamas. No, I, I, see, you went to Hamas. I literally went to the KKK. Like, that's so funny. I'm like... I only said that because I'm like, the white nationalists have found us out. Yes. Oh, we're talking about white privilege. Yeah, we are. We are. We're talking about white privilege today because white yeah. privilege is a very yeah. important thing. Uh, did it come... Did it... Did it uh, yeah. Rip? Yeah, so, uh, she broke it <laughs> in her special way. But she broke Getting back to it. So, like, Lisa. One of my favorite senators is John Tester. He, he's very much a centrist, but. I can see how you like John. John yeah, Tester we probably actually, dug, digs the Tim. So we we go to the, the same bakery down yeah, in D.C. We go to the same bakery. Oh, for the we talk, I'll tell you what. We, <laughs> we, 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 we talk a lot of We talk a lot of shit about being on <laughs> but the you best, have his vote and the, support. Yeah, the best thing about being on brand is when you're is when you're on brand naturally, and there's nothing more on brand than Kobe and John Tester going to the same bakery. Okay, look, folks, I'm trying my. This time it's not my fault. Actually, the name of this episode should be "This time it's not my fault." I'm trying to be as uh, straightforward with you people as I can. This thing's taken off. Patreon.com's backslash the Highlands Bunker. Yeah. At Highlands Bunker on Twitter. As Kobe Owen said, we might put that quote on here. You're the only left-wing source of information in this area. That might be our new tagline. <laughs> oh, I, I said podcast. <laughs> I said podcast. He's the only left-wing Don't discredit... Podcast. Uh, Delaware Liberal and Blue Delaware, they they do great work. They're not leftists, though. Come on. Okay. I did it. Come on. Why are you running away? Why are you giving me that look? Oh, you're winking. Oh, you're winking. Oh, you just said that because you didn't want to. I, I got it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> so, look. Um, we, we're, we're doing good work. Carl's here. We got we got people here. It's just just, just <sighs> I can't believe Margaret broke my shit. It's horrible. Did we eat all your quesadillas? Fuck yes. <laughs> okay, we gotta go get pizza. So listen. Uh in the show notes there's going to be information. About the Delaware Racial Justice uh, Collaborative. Becca does her work at YWCA. And everybody knows what Kobe's doing. The guy's a fucking superstar. Consider patronage. Left is best. Ciao, everybody.